1: Little fool for you, so life ain't always pretty, but hey, it's pretty beautiful. beautiful. Life a little more things. tight, tighten up because he said he can't. You're kicking it with four things with Amy Brown.
0: Happy Thursday, four things, fam. My guest today is Tim Scher. <laughs> Did I get that right, Tim? Nailed it, <laughs> and it's so fun to have Tim on because. My friend, Gracie Mokler, who's come on the podcast multiple times. And then I just talk about her as my friend occasionally here and there. Married to Steve Mokler who's also come on the podcast before. I was over at her house for a girls night, actually with our mutual friend, Allie Fallon. Yep. Also been on the podcast. And we were walking out and she thought, oh, I think I might have something in my mailbox for you. And she goes over to the mailbox and opens it up. And there's a package from you to her to give to me. <laughs> and it's your new book, The Secret Society of Success. Stop chasing the spotlight and learn to enjoy your work and life again. Before we get into your book, Tim, you have to tell people what you were just showing me when we weren't recording. It's something you've been doing for a year and it's amazing. And I feel like everybody's gonna wanna do this, but you took a one second video here in the podcast room and you uploaded it as your one second for the day, but you that's what you do every day and you put it on an app?
1: Eight years. You've been doing it for eight eight years? Eight years.
0: So you have one second a day, every day for the past eight years?
1: And then I created a second little feed when my dog, when I got a puppy. So I have the first year of a puppy's life growing up one second every day. It's the (laughs) sweetest thing. So I heard this guy who created the app speak at an event in Portland in 2013. And I downloaded the app then and What it does is each day you select a video from your camera roll and you just choose a little one second snippet. And then what it does is it compiles all of those seconds together. And in the bottom left, the date, you know, counts one day at a time. And so you just see on the screen the one second clip. And it's amazing because it's so hard to try to journal and write down all these various memories, but I don't want to forget them. And one second of video is enough. I mean, I'll see that one second of you and I sitting here and I'll have so many memories of today because of a one little, you know, second snippet.
0: This is the coolest thing ever. And I need to remember to start this, but so the app is called...
1: One Second Every Day.
0: Okay, One Second Every Day or One Second A Day?
1: I, one Second Every Day.
0: Okay, I want the exact one you have.
1: Yeah. Because obviously yep.
0: you're a fan of it. You've been using it for eight years. So oh, I love it. one second every day. And should I be too caught up in the fact that we're over halfway through the year? Should I start now? Start now. Or do I need to start in January? No,
1: start now. And so when you search for it in the app store, the number one, the number one second every day. And the the logo is kind of like a black background with the number one with kind of like some film strips in front of it.
0: I am so excited it's about great. this. It's great. And
1: so what I do is every six months, I export the video and create a three-minute video. So if you were to do a whole year, it'd be about six minutes long. But I do January 1st to the end of June, and that's about a three-minute video. And then July 1st to the end of the year is kind of the the end of the year. And so I have six minutes times eight years to just catch you up. And what I what I love about it too is it forces you to think about what is it today that's a little bit different? So there's going to be some days when it's me sitting there at my desk doing Aww. whatever. Yeah, yeah. It's like, hey, this, this encapsulates the day. Sometimes right. that's what it is. But I try to just find what's the thing that maybe is a little unique or different. And I try to get a one second video of it. And it's one of my favorite things. I've been doing it for forever. And what I love too is if you forget you can just go back to your camera roll and choose the thing. So you don't have to record that one second in the app or, you know, it, like lose it. You actually just can pull from your camera roll. You probably have more videos than you even realize. You could probably go back for the last how many ever months of the year and pull together a pretty good one. And what I love about the app, too, is that on the days that you miss, it's not like a blank spot. It, it just cuts together all the days that you do have. Awesome. Okay. Yeah. I'm it's great. sold, even though
0: nobody's selling anything. I am signing it's amazing. up. It's amazing. I'm so glad that you showed me that before we started because I was like, people are going to love this and I'm going to love it. And it's just a way, uh, like a simple way to document and they're doing all the work for you. You just have to make sure that it's loaded into the app. Oh, very cool. Thank you for sharing that with us. So we're going to talk about this book that you wrote, which is fascinating. And some of the endorsements on the back are some other friends of mine, like Bob Goff and Scott Hamilton. Isn't he the best? The best. Ernie Johnson Jr. I don't know him, but these are just other people that endorsed him or endorsed the book. Oh, Blake, the founder of Tom's. I don't know him either, but I'm just using first name basis. (laughs) So I'm very excited just to talk with you and all that you do and all that you want to do to empower people to live their best life, even if it's not in the spotlight. I do feel this crazy, weird confusion at times with what in the world did we do before social media? Because things operated, businesses ran, things sold, the economy went on without having to have this presence on Instagram or TikTok in the spotlight.
1: Yeah. I remember sitting in one of my first meetings with the publisher and they said, Tim, we need you to post more on social media. And I'm like, dang it. Do I? Yes, (laughs) do I? They're explaining what reels are. I just felt like the oldest person ever, not even understanding these things.
0: You're not old. I'm not old. I didn't even know what a real was. Okay. But how old are you? But old is relative. Okay. You're 36. So you're five years younger than me. (laughs) And you were even feeling this and it takes a village. It takes a team. There's one of the first things you talk about in your book is you talk about Neil Armstrong being the first person to walk on the moon. So we know that he was the first step. And then we know that Buzz was there because he was the second person. But then there was someone piloting the ship. Yeah. Do you know the man's name?
1: (laughs) Most people probably do not. And that's what's so crazy is everyone knows Apollo 11. But as we think about how that whole thing happened, there's this guy named Michael Collins. So he ubers Neil and Buzz to the moon and then drops them off. They do all the things they need to do on the moon's surface well, he actually gets all the way to the moon but has to stay in the command module, orbits the moon something like 26 times until those guys are ready to be picked up and brought back to Earth.
0: Which is crucial. They needed a ride. They needed
1: a ride home. But what I think is so interesting about this story is when he gets back to Earth and sits down with the press, he talks about how content he was to have had one of those three seats. And why that's... Even interesting and fascinating for us is because he was content playing a role behind the scenes when all of the cultural narratives, the messaging is to be successful, you need to be the one who's walking on the moon. But I think the question for all of us is, do you need to walk on the moon to be happy? That is the only way that you can be successful in your life if you're the one who takes steps on the moon? Or is there another approach? Can we show up a little bit differently where we're content in the role that we play on whatever team that we're on? Is that a possibility? Because for so many people, the way that they think about success is just what is being handed to them. But we've not taken time to really ask ourselves what success is for each of us and then how that new definition can impact how we show up in all these other areas of our lives.
0: So it's not the big, like what society says is is successful. And that's why this is the secret society (laughs) to success because not many people are living this way. Hopefully, now that your book is out there and people are reading it and some people maybe through other means have adopted this way of thinking. But I love that you took the time to share that all roles are important in giving people that validation of you don't have to chase the spotlight to be successful or ultimately yeah. happy.
1: One of my favorite songs, we're talking about Steve Mochler. We could talk for a long time about how much I love Steve Moeckler. I managed him for three and a half years. So I got to spend a lot of time with Steve. Yeah. Love him. One of my favorite songs of his is a song called Humble Operations. There's a line that talks about, you know whether you're you're white collar or blue collar, these people, a lot of these blue collar folks, they built the world we're living in. And I love that word that you use validation, because what I hope this book offers people is that validation to just live into your role, play your part. Every role matters. So if you think about a concert, for example, right? So, The person in the center of the stage, we need them to do their thing. We need people standing center stage in the spotlight. But we also need the person running sound. We need the backing guitarist. We need the person taking tickets. I have no problem with the fact that there are people in the spotlight. What I have a problem with is when people try to talk about it as though that is the only thing that matters. And that then should be the aspiration for all of us. And, you know, I call this group of people, the secret society of success. These are people who have shown me that we can look at success a little bit differently. And, you know, what I've found is being in the secret society actually has little to do with your place on the org chart, whether you're standing in the center of the stage or not being in the secret society has more to do with how you show up. Are you willing to define success as someone who helps others win or are you somebody who shows up and is constantly making it all about you and if there is a common denominator for what it looks like to be in the secret society it's that helping others win serving others showing up in that way whether you are you know a name that everyone knows like a neil armstrong or a buzz aldrin or maybe you are in a role like michael collins i think we all can adopt this help others win approach and mindset and way of defining success. I I think more of us can do that today more than, you know, maybe we are.
0: In the introduction, it says the success you're looking for... There's a message getting a lot of airtime these days. It says to be successful, you have to step into the spotlight, climb the ladder, become the boss or chase whatever version of success that's been dangled in front of you. But what if there's another way? What if fame, money and power aren't all that we should be chasing? I'll show you how to reevaluate your definition of success and learn a new freer way to go about achieving it. Here's the best news. The success you're looking for is within your reach wherever you are and whatever your role And I love that because I'm reading this and applying it to my life and trying to figure out where am I content with my role? And yes, I may have one job where it is in a spotlight of sorts, but that doesn't mean I have to show up on every single spotlight stage. There is pressure out there for that. And I know there's pressure like that for a lot of people, but really trying to step back and assess what is making me happy? What is bringing me fulfillment when I'm working? Like, what am I proud of at the end of the day? What is filling my cup up? What is draining me?
1: (sighs) What's interesting as I've been working on this book is there is a team of people behind the scenes making any book happen. Allie Fallon, who you also mentioned, she helped me write this book. You know, her name's not on the cover, but without Allie, this book wouldn't have happened. But there's also editors and you know, proofreaders and if you think about the role of an editor, integral part of creating a book, making the whole thing happen. And so I think if, if an editor were to pay attention to the cultural narratives, it's for them to be successful, they need to be the author, the one whose name is on the front cover. I think there's a pressure for them to step into that or, or evolve into that kind of a role. But what about the editor who's really content Being an editor, they love their job as an editor. They don't want to be an author, but yet they're feeling this pressure that they have to keep evolving and and getting more and more into the spotlight. And I think that there are a lot of editors out there you know, and and so many different professions that are feeling this pressure to become a thing, step into this next role when maybe the success that they're looking for is exactly where they are today. And I think what it comes down to is defining what success is for you and living into that definition rather than mindlessly living according to a definition that somebody else handed to you.
0: Right. So a lot of us are guilty of doing that whole last minute shopping thing when it comes to holidays, like mother's day, you might be in that position right now. And that makes it challenging to find a great gift for mom But don't worry, Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. So whether the mom in your life is a fashionista or maybe even a photographer or a fanatic about yoga, Macy's Gift Finder has got so many great gift ideas to make her feel special. Now Mother's Day is May 12th, so make sure you make note of that. Don't have much time. That's okay. Macy's has got you covered and you can shop by price. $25 and under or $100 and under. You can shop by category, fragrances, handbags, and more. Or they've got gift lists, like for the mom who has everything, gifts that are already wrapped and ready to be gifted, or gifts for grandma. Top gifts include Beats headphones, digital photo frame, Polaroid camera. That would be so awesome to receive. Or my personal favorite, man, I would love to get this as a gift, Samsung Smart TV The Frame. Go to Macy's.com slash gift finder. Again, it's pretty easy. Just head on over to Macy's dot com slash gift finder for the perfect inspiration for Mother's Day. All right. So I've been saving on shopping this year by only buying new clothes when I've sold some clothes that I no longer wear. And what this has done is it's forced me to be super wise when I'm adding clothes back into my closet. I want to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune. And that's where Quince comes into play. You can go see for yourself all the awesome stuff they have. Again, 365-day returns. That's quince.com slash amy. Hey, it's Amy here to talk about the incredible work being done by St. Jude Children's Research Hospital and ask you today to join me in becoming a partner in HOPE. start Ritual, or add Essential for Women 18 Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash four things for 25% off. When did you decide you had this book in you and you wanted to write it, and why did you feel the need to get it out there?
1: About five years ago, you mentioned Bob Goff earlier. So I was at this event that he hosted called Dream Big. And at the end of this two days, they go around the room and ask everybody, what's your big dream? And I said out loud for the first time, I want to write a book. And when I said that, it's just a thing I thought would be fun to figure out a big challenge that I could make progress towards over time. But I spent the last 10 years as the right hand to Donald Miller running StoryBrand and Business Made Simple. And so I didn't want to write a book as a means of Launching into a new career, I just had a dream. I thought it would be fun. So I, I said that out loud. Then, you know, Bob started calling me and texting me and asking how progress was going on the book. And one step after the next, I get a book publishing deal. And now here we are closer to launching this book. And, you know, i, I I'm really proud to have done it and all the work and everything that I had learned to get to that point. But, you have a dream of writing a book. The next thing that comes is, what do you want to write about? What do you feel passionate about that you know, causes you to spend all of the time researching and writing? And, and I just felt like there's a lot of conversations around success, but I just didn't feel like anyone was giving any real solutions or anything that we can do about it. There's this, what do we do when kids want to be YouTube stars? That's what they say they want to be. They don't want to be firefighters anymore. They want to be YouTube stars. They want to be famous.
0: They want to monetize from Instagram. They see, I know, my that, daughter has said the same thing. If I run our cat's Instagram, maybe it could make money. And I'm like, it's just not that simple. But yeah. Okay.
1: <laughs> and so this is the world we're living in. And so I felt like I was, my antenna was up, knowing I wanted to write a book, my antenna was up for, the things that I'm seeing and you know what really drew my attention. And this was it. This was this conversation. And there was a season in my life when I wanted to be the next John Mayer, and that's a whole other story. But I wanted to be a famous musician, ultimately failed in that. And I found as I stepped further and further away from the spotlight into roles behind the scenes, whether it was, you know, working alongside Steve behind the scenes or then spending the last 10 years with Donald Miller behind the scenes.
0: But didn't you also work for Tom's too? I
1: did, yeah. Okay, And and I, I spent some time at Apple as well and just found that being a part of a team, contributing in the way that I was able to, I found so much fulfillment and contentment in that. And it had very little to do with people knowing who I was. And so as as there's these messages that are saying that success looks like only this one thing, I was really conflicted because that wasn't my experience. In fact, the thing that I wanted, the you know fulfillment in my life and career that I was looking for, I was finding in roles behind the scenes. And I just started thinking, I don't think I'm the only one. Surely there are other people who feel conflicted on this journey.
0: Oh, for sure. I think that the challenge is very powerful, is to check where you are with things. And that's even something you touch on in chapter two with different questions for the spotlight mindset, like asking yourself, like, do you struggle to find contentment in your life? Does it lead you on a restless pursuit for more? Like that's if you're striving. Is there comparison going on? Do you wish you were someone else or wonder how your success stacks up against others? Are you jealous in a way that gets in your way? Damaged relationships, does money, fame or status trump other things in your life? Are your relationships suffering because of it? Do you have a fear of failure? Are you seeking validation, selfishness?
1: If there is a thing that is keeping us from the secret society, I I think it's this. It's the spotlight mindset, which I just simply define as an unhealthy desire for attention and recognition.
0: Which is the final one, seeking influence. Do you believe you need a bigger stage to have a life of significance? Yeah. And I love that you are reminding us in this whole book, no, you don't. I mean, some people might that if that's what they feel like they're called to do, right? Yeah. But you don't have to have that no. to be significant. Everybody's yeah. role is important.
1: You don't need a stage to make an impact. You don't. And I heard a guy named Andy Stanley say, what if your greatest contribution is not in something you do, but in someone you raise? Mm. Would an impact on one life, one of your kids be enough for you? Like if you look back at your entire life and the the one significant impact you made on a human being was in one of your children, would you look at your life and say that was a success or do you need to feel like you impacted hundreds or thousands to really feel like your life mattered? That's an honest question. I think everyone needs to answer that for themselves. There's been somebody who I've been really inspired by it's Becca Stevens Who's the founder of Thistle Farms? Mm, yeah. and Thistle Farms is an amazing organization in Nashville, and you know they help women get off the streets from lives of prostitution, drug addiction, trafficking, and they help them find you know recovery from all of that. And you know Becca Stevens is who founded that, and she started by helping five women get off the streets. Well, here we are now. I mean, that was 1997. Several years later. And that impact, that one life at a time approach has accumulated into a a pretty significant reach. A lot of people that she has touched. I I remember talking with one of the women in Thistle Farms, someone who had graduated through their program. And I said, where would you be without Becca Stevens' influence in your life? And she didn't hesitate. She said, I'd be dead. Without Becca, I'd be dead. And when I think about Becca's life and the impact that she's made, I feel like as she hears a story like that, all of the work would have been worth it to save that one person or to make a positive influence in that one person's life. And yet, this message of making an impact in one person's life, whether it's your neighbor, somebody that you're connected to, a sibling, a spouse, I think that a lot of people maybe feel like they're not enough, that they don't have the kind of influence that they want to feel successful. But I, I hope that even just in hearing the last few minutes as you and I are talking about this, that people can find fulfillment and validation, impacting the lives of the people closest to them, and and maybe one life at a time is enough.
0: Do you know the starfish story? Yes.
1: Yeah. Yes.
0: That yes. makes you think of That's that it. That's about. It this old man's walking down the beach and he sees a little boy throwing starfish and there's thousands of starfish in the ocean or on the sand and little boy's throwing them back in. And the old man says something like, what are you doing? It's crazy. There's so many, you can't make a difference here. And the little boy picked up one of the starfish, threw it in the ocean and looked at the old man and said, I made a difference for that one. That's right. (laughs) And so that's exactly what that is. And, It also, too, speaking of Gracie, it makes me think of her when she started Miriam Designs in her attic making jewelry and then ended up selling to Abel, Mm -hmm. which now still employs some of those original women that were transitioning out of a homeless lifestyle. And, you know, they'd faced a lot of adversity and they just needed someone to believe in them. And that's what Gracie did in her attic by teaching them how to make jewelry. Yeah. Also, Stephen Young, do you know him? He's the founder of Home Street Home here in Nashville. He's come on the podcast too. And I just think of him and his impact. He was homeless himself for five years. And then now he's dedicated his life to helping the homeless here in town. And... The work he is doing is just so amazing. And I'm like, this is the guy that needs the spotlight. But I mean, he doesn't want that. But he has a whole team of people that make that possible. Other people that were formerly homeless that show up every Saturday to volunteer, to go out and they feed different people and take supplies and food all deep into the woods. Like I went on one Saturday and it's behind a Home Depot deep into the woods. You have no idea. There's these little communities back there. And people are living, but there's people that show up every Saturday for those people to make sure that they know that they are cared for and they are loved. And you don't really hear necessarily about that, but they're making that organization, Home Street Home, they make it possible. Yeah. So anyway.
1: And I have this podcast called Build a Winning Team and I just did an interview with Mignon Francois, who's the founder and CEO of the Cupcake Collection. Uh huh. And she's so passionate about entrepreneurship. She talks about entrepreneurs have a unique agitation. You see something out in the world that you want to help solve. And maybe other people can see it too, but you're the one person who's raising your hand like, does everybody not see this? And so you go and build the thing. And I think the challenge for all of us is there's probably something that you are passionate about, some kind of impact that you want to make in the world that you uniquely are able to fix or solve. And what I hope that people do is they take a step towards trying to solve that problem, help other people, help someone else win, and don't spend so much time worrying about the kind of credit you'll get online or the number of people that you're gonna be able to impact. Just solve the problem for the person right in front of you, for the thing that you uniquely are agitated by, and just take steps in that direction. I think that's some of the most important work it's just showing up and doing that, but not really worrying about how much attention or, or recognition you get for having done that.
0: Are you a planner? Do you do like a five-year plan? Do you have a vision board? Do you <laughs> manifest things? I mean, either whether it's through prayer or like actually making, yeah. you know, a yearly January 1st cutout on the magazines, <laughs> glue it to poster board. What What are you when it comes to your visions and dreams? Like if you have an idea for something, where do you
1: start? So, I do find that I kind of follow that passion and I pay attention to how my passions and my desires change. When I was 23, I started working for Apple and I thought this is an environment that I love. I felt so connected to that culture and loved the product and the brand. And I said, by the time I'm 30, I want to run an Apple store. That's what I thought my journey was going to look like. But what's interesting is over a handful of years, I started seeing my desires change where being away from my wife at the time she's still my wife but it was only a wife i didn't have kids then (laughs) but seeing how i was struggling to be away on nights and weekends because when you work in a retail store you're working nights and weekends and holidays and so i just felt my desires changing i just pay attention to that and try to take the next step so I oh, think you weren't John Mayer by the way cuz you'd be on the road a lot. Exactly. No. It, which is great, right? That's that's actually a really big part of of my I mean, if I was selling a bunch of records
0: that'd be awesome. It,
1: it, that would be great. <laughs> but I'm so happy it didn't work out cuz a life of a musician sometimes you're on the road 250 days a year or more and that would not have been a win for me. But I think in I've, I've always been more of like a six month out guy, not like a six year out guy. Mm-hmm. I just kind of look out on the horizon. I really do like to head in a particular direction, but often with like a bit of that palms up mentality, I have no idea what could happen, but I'm going to keep taking steps in the way that makes sense. I never thought I would write a book and it be a, ch- a you know career change, but you just kind of keep taking the steps and that's what happened. And, and I think that that is kind of the way that I, look at some of these things. I dream up some of these things. I don't have this hard map that I've written down. I have no idea what the next six months of my life is going to look like.
0: I love that. I'm always curious to see how creative people or anybody that's creating success for themselves in general, what is their plan? Because some people have the five-year plan and they know exactly how they're going to get there and what they're going to do and they make it happen. But I love that you're like, "Eh," you know, know, six months out, palms up. I don't know. And you're open to evolving and growing and pivoting. Yeah. So you pivoted from Apple to where'd you go
1: next? So then I uh, started working with Donald Miller, right? Because so when I was working at Apple on the side, I was managing Steve and had this dream that I was going to launch this artist management company and, you know, have Steve and maybe go try to find a couple other artists. And then Don calls and wants me to, you know, work with him and launching this business. And well, 10 years later, we, well, we did Well, and I mean, what y'all
0: did, if I remember the numbers correctly, it's bonkers how y'all transitioned that or the work y'all did to create yeah. what y'all created and turned yeah. it into a multi-million dollar yeah.
1: thing. And just stepped into that. And all of a sudden I was not prepared for that dawn call to come, but it happened. And then, you know, even this next season, I had a, a date on launching this book and so I, I feel like I got through May. The book comes out, and now I'm like, I don't know what the next thing is from here. But <laughs> palms okay. up, here we go. All
0: right, so I have here. I have the numbers now. Grew the business <laughs> from 250 thousand to 16.5 million in annual revenue, and you've generated more than 20 million podcast downloads. You've launched multiple best selling books and on demand video courses. Produced dozens of events from a 2,400 person conference to a 5,500 person live stream, that's amazing, and most importantly built a culture where people loved their work and would do whatever it took to help one another and their customers win. I love that y'all had that. Y'all want people to be upward and onward and do your thing. We support you. We're here for you. How can we learn and grow together? Not everybody has that. (laughs) Men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. And all Tacova's boots are made by hand If you can't make it to a store, just visit Tacovas.com. that's T-E-C-O-V-A-S, and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Hey, it's Amy here to talk about the incredible work being done by St. Jude Children's Research Hospital and ask you today to join me in becoming a partner in HOPE. food, everything is paid for at St. Jude so that families can focus on their child that has cancer. Your support means families never receive a bill from St. Jude. It's only $19 a month, and when you sign up, you'll get the new This Shirt Saves Lives shirt. Join me in helping St. Jude in the fight against childhood cancer. Become a partner in hope at musicgives.org. That's musicgives.org. All right, what if there was someone who wanted to help you find a job? Not a website, but a person in your community that would help you for free. Well, that's where Express Employment Professionals comes into play. And if you work with them, that's exactly what you're going to get. Express Employment Professionals is the local jobs expert that you can trust, and they never charge a fee to help you with your job search. Just go to ExpressPros.com to find an office near you, or you can even download the Express Jobs app to get started. puts you in the running for numerous opportunities in your community. Don't go in your job search alone. Visit expresspros.com today. Y'all want people to be upward and onward and do your thing. We support you. We're here for you. How can we learn and grow together? Not everybody has that.
1: Yeah. The, the team is the only thing that really matters. I've been watching the show Man in the Arena talking about Tom Brady. And, you know, one thing that I love hearing as I've been watching the show is the Patriots didn't want to be announced as individual players. They wanted to be announced as a team. So rather than calling out individual players at the beginning of the game and, you know, starting quarterback, Tom Brady, they just wanted to be introduced as, and now coming onto the field, the new England Patriots. Yeah. And I, I think that there's something so powerful when you think about the team. So Yeah. I I have the ability to have some of these numbers that you you just read out loud. That's a part of the story, but to try to take credit for doing any of that myself would be just crazy because there's a whole team of people that made that happen. So uh, as much as it is about achieving a goal, I think it's more important to think about the people that you're doing it with and everyone winning together. And I'm most proud of the fact that that's the kind of culture that we created. It was about locking arms together and solving problems.
0: Yeah. ah, oh, I love it. You know, we were talking about how you're working for the, or you CEO for a nonprofit that was founded by David Novak, who is the co-founder and former CEO of Yum Brands. Yeah, And we were talking about that culture there. And I can assume it, at Yum Brands, I don't know, because I wasn't a part of that. But my family was a part of a Taco Bell franchise based out of Austin that, you know, my sister's husband's family ran and my mom worked there for years and my father-in-law worked there for 20-something years and they were all in the corporate office in Austin for this franchise, which was called Ost Taco. And, you know, I don't know if because Yum! Brands was that way. I'm not quite sure where it all started. Maybe just their family was this way, but they did so much to care for every single employee From the people working in the Taco Bell stores to the general managers, to the managers, to the regional managers, everybody. I mean, they did so many things to bring everybody together. And they did the Christmas bus tour, which my mom was in charge of planning, but they got in tour buses. And they went around to every single Taco Bell they had in Texas. And there was over 75 My mom would always be, if it was getting close to bus tour time, she's like, it's it's bus tour time. I can't talk because she was strategizing and planning and they would take gifts to the store and potluck and show up and have a Christmas party for all the employees at that Taco Bell and then they would get on the bus and on to the next. And then every year they did a big event at Schlitterbahn. Do you know what Schlitterbahn is? No. It's a big water park in Texas. But my mom also was in charge of that and she'd be like, "It's Schlitterbahn season, can't talk. Mm. <laughs> I'm busy." <laughs> but they would invite every single Taco Bell employee and they could bring their whole family. Wow. All their kids, spouses, whatever, and they checked in and had a day at Schlitterbahn water park and a huge like company picnic for lunch and they wanted to show everybody that worked there that they had value and they mattered. And yeah. I wouldn't not every fast food restaurant place is like that. Yeah.
1: And David, when he was running Yum, he grew the business from four billion to thirty-two billion dollars. And the way he did it was by that, creating a culture of recognition where everyone felt like they mattered and that they counted. And the way that he drove recognition in the business. Is he knew as a leader, he's casting a shadow. You know, people do what they see their leader doing, and so David would recognize people uh, for doing the kinds of behaviors that he knew would drive the business forward. So if he's at a Taco Bell and saw someone doing something right, he'd catch him in the act and gave him what he would call a personal recognition award, and then he'd say, "Hey, I want to take a picture with you, and I'll send you a copy of the picture. Do whatever you want with your copy." But I'm going to take a copy and put your photo on the wall in my office. Mm. Because when people walk into the CEO's office, I want them to see your picture and see the kinds of people who are making stuff happen around here. And what happened is over time, all of the wall space got filled up. So he started putting these pictures on the ceiling. And to build a company where everyone felt like they mattered and that they counted made all the difference for their business. Because I think... You know, all of us want to matter. We we, we want people to see us and, and to value what it is that we bring to the table each and every day. And so it's pretty inspiring what what they did at Yum. And David talks about it like, he says all these people talk about stuff like recognition as soft skills, stuff that doesn't really matter. But David said it's the soft stuff that drives the hard results. So I love that. In business, this stuff does matter. Recognizing people matters, you know, Houston, who works behind the scenes on this podcast, if he's not doing his thing. This whole thing doesn't work.
0: Oh, yeah. No, you know? it would not get uploaded. <laughs> so thank you, Houston, for Houston, that. Love you. And just for some perspective, sometimes the a million versus a billion, it's like, what does that even mean? Da, da, da. And so I love that dividing it into like the days and the years, like a million seconds is 12 days. A billion seconds. Do you know how many it is? No. No. Is 31 years. So that's the difference between wow. a million and a billion. A trillion seconds is 31,688 years. So, you know, because it's like, we don't know. A yeah. lot of us, what, we billion don't, what is a billion? Yeah. Like, what does yeah. that even mean? But just for context, I know, I think I saw Elon Musk tweet that once and I was like, oh, that's a good way to show the difference yes. between a million and a billion, and it's a lot. It's 31 years a lot. (laughs) It's like a million seconds is only 12 days. All right, so Tim, if people are like, I don't really know if this book is for me, what would you say to them if you're like, you know what, maybe pick it up and give it a try? Like, why would you want someone to pick up
1: this book? You know, I would say, is it working for you? Is the way that you're living life working? Or do you have this feeling inside of you as we're talking about some of this stuff that maybe the way that you are looking at success today could perhaps use a little bit of a shake up. Mm. And mm-hmm. you know, at the end of every podcast, I always ask my guests, I say, All right, finish this sentence for me. Success is
0: mm-hmm. what is the they, number one answer?
1: It actually kind of comes from all over the place. Okay. What I do know is no one says have a lot of money, Mm-mm. become famous That's not what anybody says. Like, I think we know what the answer is. But what happens is if we're not intentional about filling in the blank for ourselves and then living in alignment with that definition, if we don't take the time to do it, what happens is our brains just get hijacked from the world that we live in, which everything in the world that we hear is preaching the exact opposite. It's like, go get yours. Don't worry about the next person. You climb the ladder. You take that position. You know, you be the person who has more followers than your friend. But I just don't think that if we look back on our lives, that that's a definition of success that's actually going to be long lasting. So I think this book gives some ideas for how we can look at success a little bit differently to cause us to show up a little bit differently. Because I really do think the world around us matters if we get this right. We have the ability to impact people one life at a time. There's a, a North Star for me as I was working on this book. It's this quote by Albert Schweitzer. And he says this, I don't know what your destiny will be. Some of you will perhaps occupy remarkable positions. Perhaps some of you will become famous by your pens or as artists. But I know one thing, the only ones among you who will be really happy are those who have sought and found how to serve. Mm. And I think that's it. What if we are the people that show up in that way, that start to look at success a little bit differently, that regardless if we're a Neil or a Buzz or maybe we're a Michael Collins, that we find contentment in the role that we play. But at the end of the day, I hope that more of us can actually show up trying to help someone else win. And I think if we do that, take steps in that direction, uh, I think we're going to be on a much better path.
0: You talk in the book too about Adam Grant talking about how there's givers and takers.
1: Love that book. Yeah. And so many people, they, they feel like to take is the way, but the whole book is no, 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 give. And there's this quote by Zig Ziglar. He says, help enough people get what they want, and eventually you'll get what you want. And I, I don't, it's a good start, but there's a part of that quote that I don't like. And I don't like the transactional nature of it, right? Like, if we are only helping other people get what they want so that we can get something in return, I think that becomes a pretty slippery slope. I think that the way that the secret society would look at it is help enough people get what they want, period. And I just believe the rest is going to take care of itself. If you're only doing something to get something, I don't know, but I just love the purity of heart if we actually just wanted to help other people win regardless of what would then happen for us as a result of that.
0: Well, I can tell that you're someone that is able to recognize what you are thankful for. And I don't know if you have a daily gratitude practice or maybe even a weekly. Is there anything that you do to help you focus on gratitude?
1: Yeah, that, that's it. I have... a. Uh, little book called the five minute journal and a few things that you fill out. One of those is three things you're grateful for. And then, you know, three things that's going to make today great. And then there's like a daily affirmation. You do all that in the morning. And then at night you write down, you know, three amazing things that happened today and kind of a, Hey, if I could do this over differently, like what, you know, what would I have done? But, you know, gratitude is a a huge thing for me because I feel like, If you're not thinking of things that you're grateful for, it's way too easy to get hijacked thinking about all the stuff that you don't have.
0: Oh yeah, for sure. My friend Mary and I started a Four Things Gratitude Journal and this is the Four Things podcast, but we made it to support Haiti because that's where my kids are from and we used to go there a lot when the country wasn't in complete turmoil and so we work with an organization there called Project MediShare and the journals give back to education there and... We're working on a third edition. So we've done 1.0, 2.0, and then we have 3.0 coming out. And in the previous versions, we had gratitude quotes kind of sprinkled throughout like every 10 pages. And our goal for 3.0 is to put a quote on every page, which is a lot. But in finding like the right quotes that you want in your book. And so... I'm sure we could find one, unless you know of one that you have. <laughs> but I would like to put a Tim Schur quote in there. That would be awesome.
1: That's so great.
0: <laughs> and so you would just open it up on any given day that you're going to write down. You just Ours is kind of when we made the journal, we did it in a way that wasn't intimidating at all because yeah. journaling was overwhelming to yeah. us. We yeah. weren't journalers. And now we're both better at it. but it was like literally we put stickers in the back you know for the days you don't have words <laughs> and that way you could just put a sticker what you were thankful for. And so you know instead of having like big quotes, you know randomly every 10 pages, we'll have one on every page. so I That's would like cool. I would like a Tim sure gratitude quote. I'm gonna, we, I, I
1: want to spend some time thinking about well, this. I'll can, get you a good one. You can, you you can one.
0: text it to me later, but we have 119 so far. Oh, that's great. Yeah, I need more. <laughs> so I'd like one from Tim because I feel like you would have something perfect that could be the right encouragement for someone on that day that they finally get to that page and they're writing down four things that they're thankful for. And since we're talking about that, I was going to have you do four things gratitude with us. I have a free free flow version okay. where you get to just name four things you're thankful for randomly or I have a specific version where I ask a Instagram follow, a TV show, a book, and a drink that you great. are thankful for. And I thought, we'll we'll do the the assigned.
1: That's perfect.
0: So I'm going to have you take it away.
1: All right. So let's start with the the TV show. This man in the arena show is pretty great. The I more was going to ask
0: you more about that. The
1: more I've learned about Tom Brady, the more I love him. And Wherever I feel- you watch it. Uh, ESPN Plus. Okay. And I think there's a lot of haters for Tom Brady, which, you know, it him. is what it is. But I, <laughs> Don't I just, even the like more so I far. learn about him, the more I love him. So it would be that. I've been just so fascinated by that whole show and, you know, how he shows up. I think it's really cool. Instagram follow. I got to go with my boy Steve Mokler because he has this new record out called Make a Little Room. The more time I spend with Steve, and I've known him for a long time now. When I'm following him online, seeing the stuff that he posts, listening to his music, I feel like he is a person that really centers me on what it is that actually matters in life. As I think about what success is, it's so easy to get distracted, but Steve's songs, I think, just center you on helping to remind yourself what really, really matters. So, Love Steve. I just that.
0: used Make a Little Room in a reel that I made. The other day I put it up. My sister just dropped my niece off at Boulder, Colorado University, yeah. or University yeah. of Colorado, yeah. but it's called CU. It's so confusing. But anyway, starting her freshman year and my sister decorated her dorm and my sister decorates things so <laughs> cute. She has such a gift. And I was like, my nothing like this was this cute for me in college. So she had a little video of her setup. And so I posted it as a reel and I used the make a little room as a song in the background. Cause it was a little room. A dorm is a little room, but they made it, they made it theirs and they make a little room. And it's basically for make the life that you want, yeah. make things that matter, make space for that. And I love that
1: song. Yeah, I did too. two other songs on that record, which I really love. Let's Go to the Lake. Great song. And then Better Days. So there's even, you know, there's some bonus stuff. Go on Spotify, bonus listen to that record. To check out. Okay, what are my other two?
0: I need a drink and a book.
1: A drink that I'm really thankful for. I really love some drip coffee every morning. And there was a time when I was I had a lot of anxiety and I realized that the more caffeine I was drinking, it was just aiding to the anxiety. And so I had to kind of like step away from it for a little while, but I've started to introduce it back. And now I just go drink a half a cup of coffee Half a cup is is all I need, and I'm good. But if I get too much, I get a little amped. You can probably hear it in my voice. I don't need a whole lot of energy. Like, the, <laughs> like I'm ready good. to rock.
0: <laughs> like, you were born with some. Yeah. But
1: I do love me a little bit of good-tasting coffee.
0: But so. that's good that you know yourself and that some people don't realize at times that the, the caffeine or coffee might be adding to their anxiety. Oh, yeah.
1: And I, I through counseling, realized I was... uh I, I had anxiety. I'd never even said that word out loud. I started getting anxious at how often I was feeling anxious. Mm. It's like, oh my gosh, have I been feeling this? You know. So, to now be in a space, I feel a little bit more centered than doing some, it, you know, really good work. And so, to being able to introduce caffeine back, it's a thing I'm grateful. for. Isn't it for. I fun? Because I missed it
0: to get to know your body mm-hmm. and get to know what it's telling you. It have you read Body Keeps the Score?
1: No, it's so long.
0: You can listen to it too. Okay. You can listen to it and have the actual book. So that way you can reference it almost like a textbook.
1: Yes. (laughs)
0: And for highlighting, but then you can listen to it. Because
1: I've heard so much about that book. And Mm -hmm. then I looked at how long it was and I'm like, I don't know if I can hang for this long. Is it worth it?
0: It's pretty fascinating.
1: Okay. I need to give it a chance. Yeah.
0: Well, anyway, learning about yourself (laughs) and learning about what For some people, they don't even realize my sister had an anxiety attack, a full-blown panic attack. She thought she was having a heart attack and she had to go to the hospital in the middle of the night and she was claiming, I'm having a heart attack. And then they gave her Ativan, which is for anxiety, and she got better. And she's like, okay, but what about my heart? And they're like, no, no, that was causing your heart pain. Like, you're good. You're going to be able to go home. But she was freaking out because... She had never experienced anything like it. But once you do, now you can start to know and you can Mm -hmm. do things to, at least for her, everybody's different. It might be medication. It might be that you have a checklist of things that you do when you feel it coming on. Like, you know, the five senses checklist. I'm going to see something, touch something, smell something, taste something, hear something and identify all of your senses and it'll help bring you back centered. So people have different things that they do to help them through it.
1: I think if there is a thing that I want even more of. It's just self-awareness of, you know, my body or the things that I'm thinking, my emotions, and all of that, how I I'm behaving,
0: so why yeah. I treated you that way.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. <sighs> Not you, but you know what I mean? <laughs> I forgive <laughs> you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Uh, so your drink is half a cup of drip coffee. That's it. <laughs> just black? Yeah. Okay. And then book, which... Obviously, I don't think you would say The Secret Society of Success because that's your own book, but I'm going to remind people about that. That's the name. And I'll link it in the show notes so that way people can find it easily. But what is a book that you would recommend?
1: There's this book that I read by Elizabeth Gilbert called Big Magic. Yeah. It's a great book. I just was so inspired by it. I love that book so much. That's one that I read recently that I just get pumped about. Another one, I can say too. John Acuff has this book called Soundtracks. And it's about kind of the the, the things that we tell ourselves. It's about overthinking. And I realized through that book how often I am in my head about things. You know, he says, so when you have a thought, which he calls a soundtrack, you have the ability to determine if it's just a soundtrack or a broken soundtrack. Mm. And an example of this is before I was to record my audiobook, I had this broken soundtrack that for some reason I wouldn't do well. And it was crazy why I kept spinning that narrative in my head over and over and over. It had no basis. I can communicate well. I can read well. I, I, I'm not sure why I had that thought. But what John has you do is you, you write down the soundtrack to bring awareness to the fact that this has been a spinning in your head. So when I read his book, I realized, oh my gosh, I've been having this soundtrack about me narrating this audiobook for a really long time. So I write it down and then you ask a few questions around it. Is it true? Like, is that thing true? You're not gonna, you know, do while well reading your audiobook. Is it helpful and is it kind? Like does it on the second question, is it helpful? Does it cause you to act or to shrink? Mm-hmm. Right. And then, is it kind? Is it a thing that you would tell your friend? None of my friends would have ever said, You're not going to do well in your audiobook, right? right? So I'm able to identify it's a broken soundtrack. And so then he has you write a new soundtrack, replace that broken soundtrack with a new one. So I started to say over and over again to myself, When I prepare, I always perform well. So I prepared. And I walked out of me recording the audiobook after the three days. And I was thinking about this broken soundtrack and I just started to cry because I was really proud of myself for having done it. And what I was most proud of is overcoming that broken soundtrack. And so many of us have these in our lives and it's so important that we write them down and replace these broken soundtracks. So if there's another book that's made a pretty big impact on me, it's it's that one. It's a great book. And he actually just wrote a book with his daughters, like a teenage version of that, that I, you know, I don't have teenagers, but I also very fascinated to read it because I think this younger generation also needs to start to identify these broken soundtracks in their heads.
0: Well, Tim, thank you so much for coming on. And I do love your personality and your smile. You are just you've been a joy ever since you walked through my front door and you're making me smile. Has anyone ever told you that your smile is contagious? I have heard
1: that. Yeah. You're
0: like a time or two. (laughs) So I just am so grateful that you you sent this to Gracie to give to me the secret society of success. My brother-in-law is also working his way through it. He's a big fan. I kept thinking he was gonna text me back while I was interviewing you to see if he had any questions for you, but he must be busy because he has not gotten back to me yet. But his name's Ben Dozier. And maybe I'll have you maybe we can make him a voice memo. Let's
1: do it for like sure. A voice text. Yes. Like, what
0: up, dude? Chase your dreams. <laughs> Reach for the stars. You can do it. But we'll only make a six month plan with your palms open. <laughs> oh, what do you say? Palms up. Yeah, palms up. Palms up. Yeah. Ready to just receive whatever happens. Hey,
1: and, oh, you know, open hands.
0: Evolving, pivoting. You know, if you're not evolving, you're dead.
1: That's
0: right. Okay, Tim, where can people find you?
1: My name is ridiculously hard to spell. So I'm just going to say, go to secretsocietybook.com. That is the hub for all the things.
0: Secretsocietybook.com. That's it. And I love that like you probably weren't intending this, that in a way when you go there or you're like a part of it, you feel like you're (laughs) in this
1: secret club. You, Everyone can be a part of the secret society. Right define success for yourself. You're in.
0: You're in. Well, thank you, Tim. And we will see you next time. I would love to have you back. Yes.
1: Thanks we can talk me. about
0: this or your next book or another project <laughs> or just anything else in life because you're awesome to talk to. Thank you so much. Thank you. All summer, the best time of the year usually doesn't come with a great deal. It's your outdoor dreams inside your budget. All right. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth that no matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you and how you manage them can really make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through things. Now, BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. BetterHelp.com. This festival and concert season will be all about the boots, and Tacova's is your stop before attending your next concert. All Tacova's boots are made by hand in a time honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tacova's has first wear comfort with little to no break in period. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink, and shop new styles. If you can't make it to a store, well, just go to Tacova's.com. That's T E C O V A S.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. <sighs>